everyone, this is Ricky, and welcome back to our second Her Story episode. In this episode, we're going to specifically focus on the life of Sally Hemings. Hi, everyone. This is Charmaine. So we thought it was really important to talk about Sally Hemings, especially in light of Hamilton, which has recently um, been debuted or aired on Disney+. Plus. So a lot of people have been talking about this, and by the time this episode airs, it's very likely that most of you have already seen Hamilton. So both Ricky and I enjoyed Hamilton. We thought it had a lot of really important, um, positive elements to it. But one of the things that was really interesting and that we felt it was important to discuss was the fact that these narr- there were a lot of narratives that were left out of the Founding Fathers stories and specifically the story of Sally Hemings. And there was a little bit of reference to some of the other founding mothers, um, but Sally Hemings was most definitely left out of the narrative completely. Um, And so we wanted to kind of take this critical analysis and look at maybe why that was the case, um, who actually was Sally Hemings, how she was relevant to the founding fathers and to Thomas Jefferson specifically. Um, And this kind of goes into our whole mission at Gray Matters to look at things critically and to marginalize, um, I'm sorry, to center marginalized voices. And we definitely feel like the story of Sally Hemings, which has been coming to um, consciousness a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's still very much left out of these mainstream narratives. And especially when our media talks about the founding fathers and the founding mothers and their contributions, um, and even like other women in the movement and their yeah. contributions to mm-hmm. the revolution. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely think that I want to make a note here that we want to make it okay for a person or someone to enjoy the media that you consume, but still look at it critically. For sure. Like, definitely, I enjoyed Hamilton. Like, I love, I just loved it. And we appreciate the the steps that it made towards marginalized voices. Like, it's the first Broadway show, show to incorporate hip-hop and, you know. Like, primarily to, people of color. Yes, yeah. yes. And we really appreciated that. Um, but still, in the same aspect, I think it's, like Charmaine said, it's important to talk about the narratives that are left out, not just in Hamilton, but when discussing the founding fathers as a whole. And so before this episode, I did a little bit of research about Sally Hemings, and I actually found this really interesting um, kind of like, it's on YouTube, so it's very accessible. It's a documentary about Sally Hemings, and this documentary was very knowledgeable. It had its kind of like setbacks when I was watching it, um, And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get more into some of the other resources that we found on Sally Hemings. But this documentary is really where I found about who she was as a person, who she was kind of before Thomas Jefferson and who she was um, while she was with Thomas Jefferson or Thomas Jefferson's slave, I should say. And so Sally Hemings comes from a very, um, she was a slave. She was an African-American woman. Um, She comes from this lineage of She was three-fourths white because her grandmother was raped by her master and her grandmother had her mom and then her mom was raped by her master and had Sally Hemings. Um, And Sally Hemings was described as someone who's very like fair skin and who who could be white passing, but she was still, even though she was three-fourths white, she was still marked as African-American or someone from African descent. So she still had and because she was born from slave, from slave mothers, she was still considered a slave. Um, and so ha- Sally Hemings actually had a half sister who was the person that married 
Thomas Jefferson. We know Martha Jefferson and her half sister went to live with Thomas Jefferson and brought Sally Hemings on to Thomas Jefferson with her when she went to live with Thomas Jefferson. And there was a bit of an age gap because Sally Hemings was only three when she went to be a slave at Thomas Jefferson's plantation that he inherited from his family. And her sister was kind of like more closer to Thomas Jefferson age, like in her late twenties. And I think it's interesting that there are a lot of narratives that are saying that Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings were, she was his mistress. And I feel mm -hmm. like that narrative kind of overshadows the fact that at the end of the day, Sally Hemings was a child when she was brought to the plantation. She was supposedly 14 when they officially started their quote unquote, what people call a relationship. But she was also at the end of the day, his slave and she was never freed. Thomas Jefferson never freed her, even in death. She was never freed. And I think that that says, and in the documentary, there are two narratives. So there are some people that are like, well, it was consensual. It had to be a relationship, et cetera, et cetera. But I also think it's interesting that a lot of the people of color, the, especially the descendants of Sally Hemings, because some of them speak in the documentary and say, they bring to light that she was his slave and there's mm -hmm. no like there's no way she could say no to a relationship with Thomas Jefferson because as a master whatever he says or whatever she whatever he does she has to go with it right and so i think it's interesting too because a lot of people start to doubt this narrative of 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 like Thomas Jefferson pursuing her in kind of like um in a matter that wasn't consensual but in the documentary, they talk about her son, Madison Hemingway, discussing how Thomas Jefferson treated them just as like they were slaves. His children treated them just as like they were slaves, like they didn't they didn't really see receive any specialization towards his other grandchildren who were fully white mm -hmm. and how that that treatment like so many people thought they got privileges because they were fair skin and Thomas Jefferson's children. But in reality, that's not really what happened. Um, so I just think it's, it's important to talk about this different narrative and this aspect that other narratives can stem from different narratives to overshadow the main narrative or to cushion, to cushion the main narrative. And the main narrative being that um, Sally Hemings was Thomas Jefferson's slave. And he did, in right. what some cases, some people would say, like, sexually abuse her to have these children. Um, and I think that's the important fact is to bring to light that not all of our founding fathers can have, like, a perfect image or, or we glorify them in this way to where it kind of dehumanizes them and it kind of idolizes them, I think. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. And the fact that, like, what you mentioned too, Ricky, is, like, consent like how can when you look at such a skewed um position of power how yeah. can a slave like have consent with a master exactly. and that's not taking away the humanization of this of a slave like they can still have feelings and emotions but actually having power in a relationship to consent not mm -hmm. taking away from the fact that 
she was still a child at mm -hmm. 14 if they you know allegedly in quotes like started this relationship but also the fact that she worked for him since she was a literal child three years old mm -hmm. as a slave so that that's kind of atrocious and then the fact that he did have his own children his own progeny as slaves is even more yeah it's it's just kind of really sad yeah like just sad is like a very you know basic term but it, it's it's really just I think talks about his character and like you said in a way that it's not discussed you mm -hmm. know um because our founding fathers are idolized and I think it's for this reason too it's it more important to talk about this and why Sally Hemings as a figure she's so important and significant to history so I think in so many ways we look at the foundation of this country as like basically built on these great white men who founded this nation. Um, these great white men are immortalized on mountains and in sculptures and statues and, and on our money, on everything and on, on desecrated native, um, you know, land. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really interesting to look at this country. It's like a self-reflection of this country. We were kind of like looking in the mirror of, not being able to shy away from the scars and the blemishes, but to address them. And so it's kind of like on the surface, it looks like this country was built by great white men. But if you look just a little bit underneath the surface, you can see that there's a lot of atrocities and um, some really horrible things that occurred to basically give those great white men their images mm -hmm. um, or that great image. And so Jefferson himself, he was a known slave owner, like many other white founding fathers, or well, they're all white, um, <laughs> other than maybe Alexander Hamilton, as we know. But even then he was, you know, I think it's been brought to the surface only recently that he was, or made a more acceptable fact that he was maybe not fully white. Um, but Sally Hemings was Jefferson's property. So, you know, he kind of shied away from this anti-slavery um, notion because it was too controversial, but also it would be extremely hypocritical. So he can't really sit here and not be like, you know, free Sally or do all these, or maybe, you know, treat his children fairly because that would make it seem like he was against the very foundation of his plantation, of his inheritance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's really interesting. And um, there's this kind of story that um, she she went to Paris with Thomas Jefferson, and so she had these times of freedom in Paris because slavery slavery didn't really exist there, um, or it wasn't really legal there. But yeah. she still did go with him as a slave, so obviously she was still his property. Um, but over in Paris, she was able to become educated and different talent to gain different talents and in the arts, um, and so she was paid and had this unique experience of living on her own. But the story goes that she was. Um, allowed to kind of stay in, in Paris and her freedom would be granted because obviously she can't be anybody's property or slave in Paris, but she gave that up because she wanted to fight for the freedom of her children. And mm -hmm. she knew that if, when Jefferson went back, he would not free her children. And so she said that if I go back as your slave, um, you know, will my children be able to be freed? Mm -hmm. And she basically sacrificed her own freedom, which like Ricky said, she, you know, she never received, she, uh, she died a slave. Yeah. She died a property of, of Jefferson and his estate. Um, and so, you know, but it's really interesting too, how like her, how her, her children were never really granted freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So her children weren't, so her, her children, like wait later when they became old enough because her agreement with Jefferson was when they became of, of age, she would like them to be freed. And so what a lot of slave owners are, what Jefferson did as a slave owner was mark them down as runaway slaves so that he doesn't have to necessarily grant them their freedom, but he gives 
quote unquote, gives them freedom under the term runaway. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple instances where he gave them like $50 or gave them some, I guess, quote unquote, reparations for what had happened. And they, they were able to like go away with those reparations. Um, but it's just interesting how, like we said, Sally Hemings was never was never freed. And even even though she later in life went to live with, I think her son, she was still tied to Jefferson's to Jefferson. plantation because yeah. um, it's interesting because Jefferson's um, daughter, which was Sally Hemings, Hemings' niece, took over that plantation. Mm -hmm. So his daughter eventually owned Sally Hemings, even though Sally Hemings was her aunt. Wow. So it's this very like dynamic relationship that surrounds Sally Hemings and this idea that she was never freed. And I think that goes into the conversation, a lot of the conversations that are around the kind of origin of this story. And a lot of people kind of give off this narrative that the relationship between Sally Hemings and Thomas Jefferson would ne never happen. It, it's just a myth that was created by um, someone named Thomas, James Thompson Calendar, Calendar, James Thompson Calendar. He was like a journalist who didn't like Jefferson and wanted to deface the Thomas Jefferson name. And he was actually the one that found the evidence mm -hmm. that Thomas Jefferson had been with Sally Hemings and released it as a, as this story to kind of deface Thomas Jefferson right. and kind of use it against him. Um, and a lot of people use that as, as a reason to say, oh, this story was just created because this journalist made all this stuff up just to deface Thomas Jefferson. But two interesting points. One, it didn't do anything to Thomas Jefferson's image. He later became the president, as yeah. we all know. And two, DNA testing actually found connections between the Hemings family and the Jeffersons, where the Y chromosome in the family was the same. Therefore, yeah. linking them back to Thomas Jefferson. Wow. Like, without a doubt, Sally Hemings' children were Thomas were his children. Well, it's interesting that because they were slave, like they were, their mother was a slave, so then they kept the Hemings' last name. Yeah. But it's interesting that DNA evidence later was able to prove that that was true, even mm -hmm. though, of course, Sally Hemings and the children knew that it was true. But also, like, back to your earlier point, Ricky, where you were talking about they never really gained freedom, and he granted, uh, Thomas Jefferson granted the children, like, when he as like quote runaway slaves, but that's so divisive because that still leaves them. First of all, it doesn't grant them full, they don't mm -hmm. have freedom. So it doesn't mm -hmm. grant them the rights of being a free person. They're still slaves. They're still tied to being somebody's property. And then being a runaway slave is actually, I would like, some would argue more dangerous mm -hmm. because you are so like, you have a bounty on your head basically. Yeah. And there's, it's very dangerous to live as a runaway slave. Yeah. So it was very divisive how he chose not to grant them freedom. Yeah. And I think it wasn't until his will that he actually freed like five five of the right. other it wasn't Hemings. all of them yeah it was yeah. just five of the rest of the Hemings family but it wasn't until his will so it wasn't until mm -hmm. he died later and of the five he didn't even free sally so it that's also very like it kind of shows this like contradictions of american history and how yeah. like american history can be so twisted um and how it can be kind of glorified in some aspects but in some aspects it's kind of swept under the rug and not and not talked about and i definitely think that that that's our goal. Like we said, we want to center and marginalize voices and Sally Hemings voice is definitely one that should be centered. Yeah, very much. And it's, it's also interesting because Jefferson, like you said, it, he is so symbolic of these contradictions. And mm -hmm. like, even within 
the Declara Declaration of Independence, like when he wrote that, it's filled with like this microaggressive language that favors white supremacy. So, mm -hmm. you know, like the equality of all men, but yes. yet we know that men referred to white landowning men mm -hmm. and not women and definitely not black people who were considered property. And mm -hmm. he knew that writing that in there, he they the founding fathers knew who they were referring to and who they yes. were not referring to. Yeah. So it is very interesting with, you know, especially people who are strict constitutionalists where, you know, I, I don't, like it's, it seems that the constitution is very vague and ambiguous, but I argue that that's not the case. And mm -hmm. that actually the constitution was meant to be very specifically exclusionary mm -hmm. towards certain groups. And yeah, it is, it, it makes it a very, being Americans, like as both of us, like it, it's a very interesting contradiction and it's an interesting place to exist in as people of color. And, you know, as like, you know, for you, like as a descendant of um, like just yeah. African-Americans, like it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just very, I feel like it's very unsettling too at times, the, especially when like being an American, being in America, there's such a high like patriotic um, kind of like feeling and without addressing the fact that, okay, a lot of this patriot patriotism is tied to the oppression of so many people. It's yeah. tied like the foundation in which your patriotism sits on is tied into so many like microaggressions and so many overt racist mm -hmm. themes and ties into and this policies. country. Yeah, policies yeah. too. And I think the term like ambiguous, we also mentioned in relationship to uh, JK Rowling and her writing yeah. too, and our episode with the Harry, with the Harry Potter podcast. And I think that, I think, ambiguity can be used as its own tool to kind of like to to kind of like just use it to um kind of wash over the racism yes. or the misogyny or the like intent like intentional racism and misogyny where it's like oh this 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 person like left it open for your own yeah. interpretation when and a lot of it's really cases, like a cover for case. all of those Yes, things. it's like a cover. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're just going to umbrella everything. Yeah. And it's fine. Yeah. And I think that it is important to point out that in the Constitution, it was written for a specific voice of specific people. Um, I think it's also important to kind of like de-idolize a lot of the, the founders and a mm -hmm. lot of the founding fathers. And I think that within this de-idolization, we can finally, like we said, look at our country in the mirror and see these blemishes, see these scars and not just put a bandaid over them or not just, you know, surfacely, you know, quote unquote, heal them, but dig to the root and really find the problem. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's what kind of it draws the line between or defines the line maybe between patriotism and nationalism, mm -hmm. because I think that when we are not addressing these concerns first of all you have to acknowledge them and then mm -hmm. once you acknowledge them and you address them you're able to kind of find solutions or find a way to i don't want to say fix them but you know find find a path forward a path of yeah. healing and not doing that and just like idolizing our 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 founding fathers and just you know looking at everything that they said is like you know biblical almost is really dangerous because mm -hmm. It, yeah, it does. It just, it undermines all of the atrocities that were committed against indigenous peoples, against, you know, like all other people other than those few settler colonials mm -hmm. who were in positions of power yeah. and who had that wealth and privilege to make that happen. So yeah, I think it's 
this story really brings a lot of those issues to light. And we, we were really fascinated by Sally Hemings' story. Um, and we will link on our resources page on our website at graymatterstheblog.com. We're going to um, link to this documentary as well that Ricky was referring to earlier. So that way you can also watch this for yourself. There's a lot of other, we'll link to a couple other resources as well, but there's a lot of um, interest on Sally Hemings, maybe a resurgence of interest. I know that there's been interest mm -hmm. for a long time, but there's been kind of a resurgence of interest on the story of Sally Hemings. And so, um, yeah, we would love to to hear if anybody else has any feedback or if they've you know read something interesting or seen something interesting. We'd love for you to share that with us. You can email us at graymatterstheblog at gmail.com. You can um, also link to us on our Instagram at graymatterstheblog. And, you know, we hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you will share this with everyone that, you know, if you have heard the story, if you have not, please go ahead and share us, give us some love. Um, you can also leave us likes and comments on your podcast platform of choice. And we thank you for tuning in and we will talk to you soon.